This is the Truth Hurts program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts program from the air chair here at Studio 63. I'm Steve Z, and I host this little expedition each day into the lies of the left, the hype and the hypocrisy, the Democratic Party double standard. And today is March 15th, 2023, the Ides of March. If you recall the play Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare, today is the day that Julius Caesar was stabbed to death. On the Roman calendar, it's the 74th day of the year, and according to history, according to Julius Caesar, it was a warning directed at Mr. Caesar about his impending death, delivered by a soothsayer who claimed to see the future and knew that those around the leader, up to 60 people, would conspire to kill Julius Caesar on the 15th day of March. He said, beware the Ides of March, I-D-E-S, of course, meaning middle, to date synonymous with Julius Caesar's death, where he was stabbed as many as 23 times. Anyway, welcome to the middle of March. Beware the Joe Biden, I say. Joe Biden, who told you calmly and serenely on the television in his feeble old man voice, don't worry, you have nothing to worry about. There's no need to panic about the banking crisis. But yet, here we are with three major bank failures in the last week and many more to come if history repeats itself. Joe Biden, as we all know, is unfit to be the president, but yet they keep propping him up as if he's some kind of hero. He cannot manage to open his mouth without either lying or screwing up something. Joe Biden apparently revealed a detail about Jimmy Carter's funeral Monday, saying the former president asked him to, quote, do his eulogy, unquote. The president said at a reception for the Democratic National Committee in California, quote, I spent time Jimmy Carter. It's finally caught up with him. They found a way to keep him going a lot longer than anticipated because they found a breakthrough. He asked me to do his eulogy. Uh, excuse me, I'm not, I shouldn't say that. The 98-year-old former worst president in the United States, Jimmy Carter, has decided to enter hospice care instead of staying in a hospital. And now gropey Joe Biden, the worst president in the U.S. history, has managed to take that title away from Jimmy Carter. So Jimmy Carter can die knowing he was not the worst president in U.S. history. Joe Biden has now claimed that title, and way, way more fashionably. Biden, with Jill Biden in tote, visited Carter and his wife in May of 2021. That's the last time they got together. Biden said he and Carter talked about the old days, according to the Associated Press. But this is your president talking about things he should not be talking about. This is the Truth Hurts program. Let me buzz through some of the headlines here. So what is Stacey Abrams up to these days? After losing in the Georgia governor's race, the Blafrican-American 13% hyphenated female minority person has gotten a new job and is joining an environmental group who is trying to eliminate gas stoves. In a news piece written by Kyle Morris, Failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams has announced she will be joining an environmental advocacy dark money group that is pushing to regulate and ban natural gas-powered stoves. The nonprofit group is called Rewiring America, and Stacey Abrams will become a senior counsel. The group is described as leading electrification nonprofit focused on electrifying homes, businesses, and communities. Okay, 
trying to get rid of the gas stoves in your house. And I guess the gas-powered water heaters as well. According to Aaron Kleigman, Twitter explodes after former Biden speaker praises the president for working at 9 a.m. Twitter users expressed a combination of shock, outrage, and amusement after former White House press secretary, the little circle back girl, little red Jen Psaki, Jen Psaki, applauded her former boss, President Biden, for giving a public remark at 9 a.m., despite typically, quote, doing nothing, unquote, at the start of regular business hours. It's important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a night owl. Saki told MSNBC's Morning Joe on Monday, quote, So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there. 9 a.m.? By 9 a.m., I'm already more than three and a half hours, four hours into my work day. And I don't just go to bed at 8 p.m. after drinking milk and cookies. I'm sure President Biden is sitting there shaking his own head at how little red... Circle back Jen Psaki is still embarrassing him from over there at the MSNBC studios. The Daily Mail has an article entitled, Students Demand Trans Men Be Admitted to Hillary Clinton's All-Female Alma Mater. Students at the all-female college attended by Nora Ephron and Hillary Clinton will be forced to vote on whether they must admit transgender male students who were born female but now identify as male in a tense referendum. Wellesley College in Massachusetts, which also counts Madeleine Albright amongst its alumni, already accepts admissions from anyone who lives and consistently identifies as a woman, including transgender females who were born with penises, you know, real men pretending to be women. But now, a landmark referendum which has polarized students across the campus, whether their application process should now be open to individuals who were born with vaginas, but who now identify as transgender men. Well, it's kind of strange. If you want to be a man, you were born with a vagina and a uterus and ovaries, and now you act like a man, then you want to be a man. Why would you want to go to the all-female college if you're no longer a female? This just proves the hypocrisy, the ridiculous nature of transgenderism, the lies of transgenderism. Pupils, it says, you know, little students at the college, were also asked to vote on whether the college's communication should be made more gender inclusive, using words such as students and alumni instead of women. The move is opposed by Wesley's president, Paula Johnson, who says, it would rewrite the mission to, quote, provide an excellent liberal arts education to women, unquote. Johnson has vocally backed the admission of trans females who were born males, explaining, this is who we are, a women's college and a diverse community. But her stance over admitting trans men has now attracted the wrath of students who are staging an ongoing sit-in in the administration building. The question is whether women who were born as men, you know, fake women with their junk still intact? Will they be sitting cross-legged on the floor in skirts, letting their male junk show? <laughs> the student newspaper wrote in its editorial that they disapprove entirely and disagree with what the president has outlined. The student newspaper is fighting for the college to adopt more gender-inclusive language, and many appear to have been admitted as women before transitioning during their time in the college. Well, you get what you deserve.
This is the Truth Hurts program. Fox News, the channel everybody claims to hate, and they say nobody really watches Fox News. The Fox News channel, fair and balanced, dominated in the ratings as CNN hit weekly viewership lows not seen in nearly a decade. Brian Flood says the Fox News channel dominated the basic cable last week while CNN had its worst performance in critical categories in nearly 10 years. Fox News averaged 1.4 million total day viewers and topped all of basic cable during the week of March 6th. And they topped MSNBC and CNN combined. They also topped all networks during the primetime hours of 8 to 11 p.m., averaging 2.2 million. That compared to 1.1 million for MSNBC and a pathetic 442,000 for CNN. And remember, CNN still counts every empty seat in an airport lobby, whether there are people waiting on a plane or not, because CNN is shown to those empty seats in airports around the country. CNN actually had their smallest weekday total day audience amongst the advertiser-coveted demographic adults aged 25 to 54 since way back in June of 2014, almost a 10-year low. They averaged only 81,000 demo viewers as CNN programming falls to all-time lows and fails to resonate with real Americans. CNN continues to flounder on weekdays during primetime, averaging only 95,000 viewers for its smallest audience in the key category since May of 2014. CNN's dreaded 9 p.m. Eastern Time hour, which has been vacant since Chris Cuomo was shown the door last year, had its smallest audience since May of 2014 and the fourth lowest rated week in 23 years. To tell you just how bad CNN is, they finished number 33 amongst basic cable options in the primetime demographic, with smaller audiences than an assortment of networks, including Lifetime, E-Network, Big Ten Network, Adult Swim, a cartoon channel, Reels, TV Land, Blafrican Entertainment Television, MTV, Comedy Central, A&E, and even ESPN2. All of those ranked higher than CNN. Their heavily promoted 9 p.m. Eastern Time special with Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin on Thursday managed only 364,000 viewers and only 89,000 amongst demo to finish the network's lowest rated town hall in the time slot since 1997. On Monday at 9 p.m., CNN special called Jill Biden Abroad. <laughs> What a poor name choice. Jill Biden abroad, or Jill Biden a broad, featured the first lady sitting down with White House correspondent Arlette Sainz, and they lost 43% of their viewers in the average 9 p.m. Eastern viewership ratings. After the dismal weekly turnout, CNN is on pace to have its lowest rated quarter amongst primetime demo in 30 years dating all the way back to 1991. Well, they're putting their own nail in their own coffin. This is the Truth Hurts program. Hans von Spakovsky writes in the Washington Examiner, federal judge to Biden's DHS end mass parole of illegal aliens. In a scathing opinion on Wednesday that questions the credibility of the Department of Homeland Security, U.S. District Judge T. Kent Wetherell II 
for the Northern District of Florida has ordered a stop to the Biden administration's so-called parole plus alternatives to detention policy that has been illegally releasing hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants into the U.S. and concludes that it violates the Administrative Procedures Act, the act which governs rulemaking by federal agencies. Biden administration is doing what I told you all along. They're violating federal law by allowing all these criminal, law-breaking, illegal, trespassing, invading migrants to simply pour on in. In Florida versus the United States, the state of Florida is claiming that the Department of Homeland Security is violating the mandatory detention that is required in federal immigration law by simply releasing aliens en masse through various non-detention policies, including the parole plus ATD policy, an exercise of what they call prosecutorial discretion. The Gropey Joe administration claims it has the discretion to not detain aliens, notwithstanding the mandatory language of federal law. Parole plus ATD is Gropey Joe's name for one of its many parole programs under its general catch-and-release policy that the Obama administration used, but Donald Trump rightfully ended. Federal immigration law could not be clearer about the illegality of what DHS is doing. Section 1225 of Title 8 of the U.S. Code says aliens who arrive without proper admission documents are subject to expedited removal, quote, without further hearing or review. In other words, they are to be turned back immediately. If aliens arriving illegally claim that they are entitled to asylum because they are being persecuted, the statute says the aliens, quote, shall be detained, unquote, pending a final determination of whether their claim is valid, which in the overwhelming number of cases is fraudulent. In all other cases, unless an immigration official determines that, as Wetherill wrote in his opinion, the alien is clearly and beyond a doubt entitled to be admitted, then the alien shall be detained for removal proceedings. Judge Wetherill stated that there is no question that there is an immigration crisis at the southwest border that is unsustainable. Rejecting the Biden administration's claim to the contrary, Wetherill found that DHS has effectively turned the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand and is little more than a speed bump for aliens flooding into the country by prioritizing alternatives to detention over actual detention and then by releasing more than a million aliens into the country on what they call parole or pursuant to the exercise of prosecutorial discretion under wholly inapplicable statute. He found that Florida does have standing to sue since the state has incurred substantial costs in providing public services to the minimum of 100,000 illegal immigrants who have been released into Florida by DHS who otherwise would not have been in the state but for the challenged policies. By the way, that 100,000 figure represents the number of Florida addresses given to DHS by illegal aliens being released. DHS argued that the court could only assume the aliens were in Florida because they might have given a Florida address but don't actually reside there. Well, that means the illegal aliens are lying, violating the very rules for which they were allowed to come in. My friends, this immigration crisis that Joe Biden has created, exacerbated, perpetrated, and increased is harming each and every one of you 
The chief of the Border Patrol testified that increases in immigration when there are no consequences is a fact of life. Aliens know, he said, that they will be released into the country. The Biden administration's policy of no consequences and immediate release incentivized migration by illegal immigrants into the United States. The DHS tried to argue the huge increase in illegal aliens being released was attributed to something other than a change in policy, such as the post-pandemic increase in migration, but the judge said that was bullshit. It's simply not credible. It is contrary to the weight of the evidence. DHS then tried to claim that its release of aliens was due to not having enough detention space. But as the judge pointed out, in contrast to the Trump administration, which submitted budget requests for increased detention space, the Biden administration has been steadily closing detention facilities, therefore reducing the appropriations requested for detention space. The judge said the Biden administration DHS was acting, quote, like a child who kills his parents and then seeks pity for being an orphan, unquote. He also said, quote, it's hard to take defendants' claim that they had to release more aliens into the country because of limited detention capacity seriously when they have elected to not use one of the tools provided by Congress and they have continued to ask for less detention capacity, unquote. The DHS is mainly only screening aliens at the border to determine if they have previously committed a crime in the U.S., that's useless. Many of the aliens are coming to the U.S. for the first time, and the DHS has no way to determine whether they have criminal histories or not. There should be little doubt that Mayorkas, the head of the DHS, will simply direct his staff to increase the use of the most recently announced parole program, which illegal aliens can make appointments with Customs and Border Protection's officials at a port of entry using a mobile app, and then are simply passed through into the country. He is institutionalizing unlawful behavior. That latest program using an app is the subject of another lawsuit been filed by 20 states and is just as illegal as the parole plus ATD, and it deserves the same withering court repudiation as Mr. Wetherill has delivered in this case. This is the Truth Hurts program. The White House came out with another series of lies yesterday, claiming that Republican conservatives will kill tens of thousands of red state manufacturing jobs. They accuse Republicans of threatening to kill thousands of jobs in conservative states while easing the tax burden for big corporations and the wealthy in order to drive a wedge inside the GOP ahead of a debt ceiling negotiation showdown. Joe Biden and his aides have stepped up their offensive against the House Freedom Caucus fearing that a budget proposal advanced by that group could roll back Democratic signature infrastructure spending bills. We need to roll back those bills. They are nothing but a boondoggle. They are nothing but wild Democratic Party spending. In a memo Tuesday, Biden's deputy press secretary warned the repeal would kill tens of thousands of jobs and send them overseas and raise Americans' energy costs while boosting China. My friends... They will come up with any series of lies to keep their tax and spend and tax and tax and tax again mentality going. In a recent campaign video, Donald Trump accused gropey Joe Biden of claiming to support American manufacturing, but in reality, he's pushing the same pro-China globalist agenda that ripped our industrial heart of, out of our country. Among the so-called accomplishments listed on gropey Joe Biden's website, the president touted the creation of a manufacturing boom that would help the U.S. compete with China 
by bringing jobs back to America. Of course, my friends, we all know that that is a lie. Donald Trump was bringing jobs back to America, but oh well. Election fraud and irregularities and all of that kind of stuff ruined the economy. Zach Faria writes in the Washington Examiner, Biden accuses people who oppose mutilating children of being, quote, close to sinful, unquote. President Joe Biden, the man who likes groping little children, apparently boys or girls, has promised to be our great unity president. But now he's claiming that it is, quote, close to sinful, unquote, to prevent doctors from permanently mutilating children. Biden, who has succumbed to the radical gender ideology being pushed by transgender activists, has lashed out at the state of Florida once again because, you know, Ron DeSantis is the governor there, but more because the state wants to protect gender-confused, mentally distressed children from permanent surgeries and chemical treatments that they call gender-affirming care, but is really child mutilation. President Biden said, quote, What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. It just, to me, is, I don't know, it's cruel. Now, what's more cruel? Telling a little boy when he looks down into his pants and sees a penis and a little sack that you're a boy, and I don't care if you like playing dress-up, you're still a boy, and one day you're going to grow up and either become a straight man or a queer man? Or telling that boy, that's an ugly penis. You ought to cut it off, throw it in a garbage can somewhere, and have a doctor fashion you a fake vagina so you can be a girl. Even though you'll never be able to have a period, you'll never be able to have a baby, you're not really a girl, but boy, we're sure going to make you look like one. Which is more cruel? Telling someone, suck it up, buttercup, you're a boy? Or doing mutilating surgery that will forever change that child physically and will most certainly harm them mentally? So what is sinful exactly, Mr. Biden? Is it lying to children that puberty blockers are easily reversible? Lying, telling them they should begin taking them as soon as possible because they might become poisoned by naturally occurring puberty? What is sinful exactly, Mr. Biden? Is it promoting surgeries and hormone treatments to children who are not even old enough to be able to make a decision of whether or not they want to own a firearm? Hmm, sounds like a double standard here, Mr. Biden. You say that people should not be allowed to own firearms until after age 25 because the human brain isn't developed enough to understand. You say and support programs that say you shouldn't prosecute black children or black men under the age of 25 because their frontal lobes haven't developed enough to know better than right and wrong. But you think it's okay for a child to say, sure, do an adedictomy, carve out a piece of my thigh muscle and make me a fake penis so I can be a boy? And then when I start to develop at puberty, cut off my mammary glands, my boobs, my tits, make me a fake penis, give me chemicals that will forever alter my psyche, my physiology, my biology? What is sinful exactly, Mr. Biden? Is it promoting surgeries, hormone treatments to children, even though those procedures can lead to early onset of cancer, strokes, heart attacks, and tumors? Is it sinful to support social media advertising that targets self-conscious teenage girls with body image problems made worse by that same social media to lop off their boobs? What about doctors telling parents that their four-year-old children will kill themselves if they don't begin the transition process immediately, even though evidence shows the transgender suicide rate does not decline for post-transitioning people? Biden thinks all of these things are good and necessary. In fact, 
it is close to sinful to not promote those things actively. The irreversible medical treatments, the fear-mongering, the social media advertising to children. There's not a single red flag. There's not a single hesitation in putting minors on an irreversible path at an age where they can't even legally get a tattoo, buy a pack of cigarettes, or a beer. Other nations are waking up and realizing the harmful effects of gender transitioning in children. Norway, Finland, Sweden, the United Kingdom, they're backpedaling on this very subject. But Biden is taking this holier-than-thou posture on a matter that he knows nothing about. That's what activists and aides have told him to do. The only ones promoting cruelties towards children dealing with gender dysphoria are Biden and his crowd. They are destroying children's lives before they even begin with irreversible medical treatments to which they are unable to truly comprehend or even consent to. Joe Biden, what a joke of a human being. What a sick, twisted, disgusting man. But he says he's okay, he's fine, and that if you don't promote whacking off a little boy, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong, whacking off a little boy's penis, same thing, then you are close to sinful. Let's talk about the border just a little bit more. White House press secretary, the French dip quota hire, the girl who only got the job because she checked off the three boxes of female, black, lesbian. Not because she's any good at her job or even qualified. Corrine Jean-Pierre was trashed for total nonsense word salad while attempting to defend Joe Biden's disastrous border policy. She came under fire when she provided an awkward, meandering response when she was asked about Joe Biden's policies at the southwest border. Her response came Friday night on an MSNBC program, All In with Chris Hayes. According to Hayes, there are reports that Joe Biden is considering reintroducing the practice of family detention when families are caught trying to illegally enter altogether. But instead of answering Hayes' question outright, Jean-Pierre instead dodged the question and tried to shift the blame on the, quote, last administration. And here is what we hear from Corrine Jean-Pierre. See if I can do this right. What we gonna promise is that we going to do this. We going to move forward with a, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really truly gutted by the last administration. We gonna move forward and do it in a humane way. We gonna do it in a safe way. We gonna do it in a way that move us forward. And so what we have been seeing, what we have been dealing with again, is trying to fix the damage the last administration did. What we have done is we have opened the path to, we have opened the path to make sure the people have a way to get, to come through, and to do it in a legal pathway. What? I transcribed the answer. It's a complete word salad. Word salad, more words, talking. The translation is simple. We gonna do what we wants to do, and to hell with what the country need. We just needs more peoples to come in and vote Democrat. Emptier words have never been spoken by anybody not named Kamala Harris, said one viewer in an apparent dig at the vice president. House and Senate Republicans criticized Jean-Pierre's bungled response on Friday night, rushing to Twitter to use her answer to further slam Biden's current border policy. Ted Cruz says, 40 seconds of total nonsense from Corrine Jean-Pierre about the border how can she go on TV so often and be happy with an interview that goes like this? Kevin McCarthy, not even the White House press secretary can provide a clear defense of Biden's indefensible open borders agenda. Bill Haggerty pointed out, he's a senator from Tennessee, by the way, the Biden administration says the quiet part out loud. 
They're making illegal immigration legal by not enforcing the laws on our books. My friends, this must stop. We must put an end to the illegal actions by this administration. We are now a third world country and we are being scrutinized by kangaroo courts as they move us further and further away from Republican democracy towards socialism, the destruction of the United States of America. Wow, where's the time gone? That will do it for this Wednesday, March 15th edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Go out there and make it a great day and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now. Hi, welcome to Instant Printing and Labels. How may I help you? Uh, yes, I would like to order 10,000 posters that say, My Body, My Choice, please. Oh, so you're pro-abortion. No, I'm pro-choice. So, pro-abortion. No, pro-choice. Again, so, pro-abortion. Gotcha. Look, buddy, I'm pro-choice. Right, so, pro-abortion. No, I said pro-choice! Okay, gotcha. So the choice to kill an unborn baby, or one that's actually born accidentally, and then murdered. So, pro-abortion. Look, we're gonna go round and round about this all day. Sir, do you have a color choice? Well, first of all, it's pro-choice, not pro-abortion. And I don't know much about color schemes and palettes. What do you think? How about a black background? Yeah. And blood-red letters dripping down, like the blood from an aborted baby or a ruptured uterus. After all, it is pro-abortion, right? No, pro-choice! Yeah, so, pro-abortion. Steve C. and the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audio Nautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.